0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is Episode 21. I'm Art Regner, and uh, I know I said this with Joe Koser, who is our last guest. But there are very few people that uh, that you just say your, their name and you know that uh, that you're in front of greatness and a legend. And uh, our guest and it gives me i'm just honored i truly am honored to have ted lindsay on the red and white authority today ted thanks for doing this really appreciate it
1: all right after an introduction like that i
0: think i better get up and walk out and forget it you you know that you mean so much to so many people uh we're here at the joey koser uh uh, foundation celebrity softball outing And uh, Ted, you you, you were signing, you were supposed to sign autographs for two hours. You could still be out there four hours later. Everybody wanted to talk to you. But uh, let's, you were talking about this, uh, Joey's event. And Joey has said many times that if there was not a Ted Lindsay Foundation, there would be no Joe Koser Foundation. Is that right? Yes. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, he said that he, because of you and what you did for the community, he felt compelled that he had to, you know, not carry the torch, grab the torch with you and do something. Um, I know you've told this story before, but can you talk about why you decided to f- have the Ted Lindsey Foundation for Autism?
1: Well, I was being stretched one day, in a, where I work out three times a week at the training center at John R. Big Beaver. And a man who owned, one of the men who owned, his, was stretching me John Cernicki. And he mentioned his son, Dominic, with autism. And I had never, this is going back 16 years ago, right? Yeah. And I had never heard the name, disease before. I heard the name. So my wife had a lot of medical dictionaries and I go home and get them out and surgery to read. I read what autism is. never heard the word before Dominic was recognized when John was stretching me. Mm-hmm. Next time I'm going in John's stretching me and says, say what can we do for Dominic? That was his son who was at six at the time I believe. And he says, well we can raise money and how do all athletes raise money? They have golf outings, <laughs> right? So, was, and I was long finished playing, and I'd been involved in charities, and so so the best ways have the golf outing. We did. We always had it the Monday after Labor Day, and it was good because all the Red Wing players were coming back to get ready for the season or play a, mm-hmm. at least training camp, mm-hmm. and. So it's a good time to start. Since the start, we've been very successful. Within that vehicle that we created, we built a million dollar building on Greenfield, just before 13 Mile in Southfield, all for autism research. And we also have a company in Austin, Texas, where we do research. that's been going on for 16 years so not looking for something to get involved with over longevity but diseases sometimes are longevity right right and so we will continue and hopefully before i leave this world we'll find what's causing this epidemic
0: well you know i think we all hope that and uh... Uh, You know, you wrote a letter, uh, it's on the website where you're welcoming and telling people and this is kind of astounding and and, you wrote, in 1988, one in every 2,500 children had autism. In 2012, the Center for Disease Control, which is based in Atlanta, estimated that one in 86 American children had autism and that in England this number is higher. I regard this uh, 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 alarming rise in the number of children with autism as an epidemic, and you know you recognize this problem. Certainly, that's it, it, that's an astounding number. Um, yet, through your foundation, through research, uh, and as you said, you know you're going to be on this uh, this earth for, uh, for
1: what you're saying there. Our research that's yes, the key, right?
0: Is the research.
1: Nobody knows what's causing the epidemic, so that's the key of the research. we we'll hopefully. I get into the, our facility in, in Southfield as much as I can to see what's happening. They're learning, the doctors are learning all the time. They learn by treatment also.
0: let this year you have the golf outing and uh, there's some extraordinary uh, prizes and raffle tickets and things. It's uh, on Monday, September 11th. It's at the Detroit Golf Club this year uh, it's, an, it's a new location, yet uh, the thing, Ted, that, uh, yeah, I'm driving an old beat-up Saturn still, you know, old habits die hard, but uh, for $99 a ticket, Dick Scott has donated a Chrysler 300, and someone is going to walk away with a new car at the uh, Golf Out.
1: That car is given to buy Dick, free and clear. There's not one nickel catch to it. Everything that we get, anybody that wins it walks away with that car. That's pretty, for
0: $99, it's a pretty good gamble. Right, $99 and uh, coming up, there's there's celebrity packages, uh, there's uh, golf packages, corporate uh, golf package, individual golfers, a dinner and cocktail package. Now the dinner and cocktail package, which is not, no golf, if you're not, because I'm not a big golfer, I've always been a big tennis fan, golf was never, you, all you had to do was see me swing a club once and so you know why I'm not a golf fan. <laughs> but but uh, dinner and cocktail package, $125, and you're sitting there rubbing elbows with uh, who's who, you know, who in Detroit sports. Yeah.
1: Sports fans right. in Detroit.
0: Yes, and uh, tickets are available. Uh, uh, you can go to the website, and uh, and I know that, uh, uh, that uh, uh, Lou, your son-in-law, Big Lou, as we as we call. It, the man you know, you can contact him at 248-202-6194 or Don Fitcher at 248-755-8026. That is if you're interested. We still have weeks to go before it and that's on Monday, September 11th. It's uh, it it's, it's a great cause. Uh, You know, Ted's done it now for 16, 17 years, and uh, you know, the thing about it, Ted, as you said, like... Excuse me, right around Go go right ahead. It's a very important thing. Dominic,
1: the young man that I got involved with, is entering college this year. Beautiful. And he was autistic. He's got wonderful parents. So, it tells you what can be done with good families, with good parents.
0: Right. Well, and having good people like you head up this foundation is uh is instrumental in what happens, and then that's this coming uh, uh, Monday on September 11th, Detroit Golf Club, different venue, a little bit larger than uh, than in the past. And uh, let's fill that up, uh, uh, not only for Dominic and, and the children with autism, but also to uh, to honor Ted because Ted's Ted, you're the man, Ted, you're the man, you are definitely the man. There's well, no question about it. I'm trouble getting out of this trailer that we're in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Ted. I mean, I I shouldn't sit here, but I I. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, I was born and raised in Detroit. My birth certificate says Detroit, Michigan. I'm a lifelong Red Wing fan. Wonderful. You know you like you're an intelligent guy. Yeah, yeah, you know. University of Michigan. You know, I, I my parents still can't believe I got in there, but I did. Uh, but uh, uh you know, and you know you're iconic. You are an iconic figure. Number seven in this town <laughs> means Ted Lindsey. Period. And you know, and and for me to sit here and be right next to you talking to you about this is, is just tremendous. And I want to ask you a few hockey questions. And one of my favorite stories uh, is that even people of my era, and you know, I'm kind of getting up there in years myself, I remember Sid Abel more or less as a broadcaster. Uh, but he was a great hockey player. And you tell the story about when you were you and Gordy were were young wingers. And that Sid was the perfect center because he was a veteran and he needed to calm you down and amp Gordy up. So he was the perfect guy to, you know, be the, let's say, the catalyst of one of the most famous he, he, lines in all of hockey, the production line. He was
1: a very wonderful father image to both of mm-hmm. us. We were both very, very young. And I was full of energy. Gordy had the greatest talent in the world. And we had to look over the right side once in a while. We have to wake him up because he looked like he was sleeping. He wasn't asleep by any means. Everything was just waiting to explode. Right. But Sid could rile him up a little bit. Gordy never got riled about it, bothered with him. Sid could do it. Same thing with me. He was our father the image. I was always oh, sorry Sid came back from the Second World War. And I always wish he would have been younger because mm-hmm. we would have established. Records that nobody ever come closer and touching me and that goes for any league, Gretzky's era or anybody else's era.
0: Well, you know, the, the, you look back on that era. Obviously, the production line, great name for uh, for a line to come from from the same uh, Detroit.
1: To, yeah, the bottom capital of the world. <laughs>
0: right, right, and you know, we and we've talked about this in the past. And the thing that I yeah, I know that. I, I guess what i try to say, I try to like Jack Adams. You know, I know he's iconic and I know he was part of the Red Wings for a long time, but he seemed to take a team that should have won multiple yeah. Stanley Cups and just rip it apart. Well, we won the
1: league championship eight years in a row. And he, he traded nine guys away from, there was 18 players at that time. There's was only one goal and a spare goal to not three or four. There's only five defensemen, that's six or seven. And so he he traded half the team away where we won the league championship eight years in a row. That could have continued. Who knows, but nobody will ever know now because the team was broken up. I think we won the league, should have won eight more Stanley Cups. You should have won.
0: Yeah, and you'd be right up there with Montreal then. You know, you take away,
1: they they had a great team, great team. And we were just as great. But Jack kind of took the...
0: You know, what recourse do you as a player, or you or Gordy, I mean, you know, you have some legends on this team. I mean, we're not talking, you know, he's trading away Red Kelly. I mean, he's trading away some, some very good quality, Terry Sawchuck, you know, iconic hockey names in their own right, but back then, you know, and I've never asked you this question, is this part of the reason why you said, you know, we? We as players need some sort of representation here. We need, I mean, you just can't rip a championship team apart. I mean.
1: Well, that wasn't one of the reasons for the, my thinking of forming a players' association. There's a good reason to, now that you mentioned it, what have been good, But <laughs> we had no vehicle to go back against management. Mm-hmm. Six teams, six owners. If I was an owner back in those days, I'd be thinking the same way as those owners. They had wonderful control, because they had all the guys that were playing, played hockey because they loved it. Not for dollars, because we didn't, I made $5,000 my first year. Wow. But for me to make $5,000, where I came from in Northern Ontario, would take me about three and a half to four and a half years Working in the gold mine. Wow! So I was well paid to play hockey at five thousand dollars.
0: I was not being underpaid. Wow! Well, well, yeah. I'm not
1: crying poor, mom <laughs>
0: No, no. I know you're not. I know you're not. But, but you, you want to be treated fairly, though, too. Well,
1: I. I they, it's our fault. They thought we were idiots, and we were idiots because nobody took us an approach to asking why. And as soon as you walked into a, Mr. Adams' office and ask him a question. Son, we don't need you. Go, we're gonna, we'll send you to Edmonton, we'll send you to... Uh, who was our American League team? Was, was it Omaha? No, no, that was in the Western League. Oh, Western League, okay. It, yeah, American League, Indianapolis in the American League. Oh,
0: Indianapolis, and oh, Indianapolis. Was our okay. farm team. Okay. You,
1: you can get players and then they'd send you there take you there flip a coin who do you want this so <laughs> the, the good one the good players would always shine mm-hmm you never asked too many questions Because if you ask too many questions all of a sudden you'd be gone.
0: Wow and, and, and really as you back then when you see a, a championship-caliber team, a team that wins eight league championships in a row, and we're talking a league of six teams, which is right. really difficult to do, yeah. uh, that, you know, if, were you, at least you were probably frustrated, but then again, as you said, you really didn't have any recourse? I mean, did you, did you ever go into Mr. Adams' office and say, Jack, come on, enough's enough, all right? I mean, I think you're getting your message across, whatever that message is. Or I
1: think he recognized... I was becoming a thorn in the side because I, I didn't end up. I could have stayed in Detroit, but Glenn Hall, and I, Glenn Hall was a man's man on a team of men. Right. Jack Adams told him not to talk to me. <coughs> and Jack says, Why, why, Mr. Adams? I, I don't want you to talk to Ted Lindsey. You know, I don't know because I hadn't started anything. Right forming a player's association. Being an obstacle against Jack. <coughs> and so he said, well, I just don't want you to talk to him." He says, well, Mr. Lin- Mr. Adams. He says he's never done anything to me. If I want to talk to him, I'll talk to him. Now, in the 16 league, you didn't say that to your boss. Right. And whenever I went to Chicago, that's, that's why he had to go to Chicago with me because he was in that package. He was a, a man's man, and it, we're all men that play the right. game. Oh yeah. And we all have different testicles. Right. Some guys will talk. Some guys will be quiet and not say anything and go along with the ship. And that's that's what Glenn. That's why Glenn Hogan traded to Chicago with me.
0: Wow. Now, the Norris family. Owned both teams, right? They owned, owned both a- teams.
1: That controlling interest of made- Madison Square Garden. They owned 15 percent, I believe, of Boston Garden. Didn't own anything in Montreal Canadiens. No Toronto
0: So the American franchises, they they had a hand in, uh, in all four yeah, of them. Right. Uh, right so uh, so you go to Chicago, you, you know. You, you perform your And t- Glenn came with me. Right. And Glenn, Glenn who's, you know, in his iconic player, too.
1: Yes. For the next 16 years, he's the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. And whenever they had expansion, his first coach in St. Louis was Scotty Bowman with Glenn Hall and that team. Glenn went from Chicago to uh, St. Louis. That's where he played for the next 16 years. Well, he had
0: 16 more years. Right. Well, you uh, you decide to retire, and then you're thinking about coming back as a broadcaster. <laughs> you want to be the color analyst on uh, for the Red Wings. You know you're still a Red Wing at heart, as we know you are. You have nothing against the Blackhawks here, but Sid Abel, your old linemate, old Boot knows himself, has a different plan <laughs> for you. It tells you he that, was a GM and coach. Yes, at the time. You're right. So he says to you, Ted.
1: Said, oh, he said, Teddy, I'd like you to play for him. I, I laughed at him. And I went and I went home and I talked to my wife and she didn't want me to. I talked to my business partner, Marty. He didn't want me to. But I loved the game. So I said, and they were training in Detroit at Olympia that time. Yeah. And I said to Sid, I said, the only thing I want because Marty and I were in business. We had a plastic injection
0: molding business. In Livonia, right? Uh, yeah. Because right. I, I remember passing it would say Lindsay Pavelich. Right, I used to. A Merriman Road. <laughs> a Merriman Road. road. I live, I grew up in Livonia. I passed that place all the time.
1: In school tracks and paving. Right, right, the exactly. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Right, right, right. The railroad tracks and the. Yeah. If you go to Middle Belt DRC, the old race course was down yeah. there too. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I, I passed that business my, my whole life.
1: So anyway, uh, so we so, since so, I think you can help us. Marty didn't want me, but boys didn't want me. But I love the game, so I said, "Sid, only favor I ask is, I, I like to. Sid like to practice early. Mm-hmm. I like to be on the first shift. So I, my reason for that was, I could get off the ice. He was on the ice by eight eight thirty. Right. So I skate for an hour and a half. Off the ice at ten, I could get to lunch with a customer. I was in business so I could and I did that for the whole month of September nobody in the press ever said Lindsay because I almost kept myself in shape right and everybody everybody else Lindsay's just keeping himself in shape. the press didn't think anything of it the day before the season started I said at a press conference at the press club down on Michigan Avenue and I got a surprise for got a new rookie we were going to introduced tomorrow at the exhibition game. His name is Ted Lindsay. That's the first time anybody knew him. I was coming back.
0: Oh wow. Uh, and-,
1: and everybody laughed. Jack Adams didn't think anything of Car- it. Clarence Campbell the next week or ten days later. So a black the blackest day in hockey. And at thirty 39- nine I was thirty nine. 39-year-old guy he thinks he can play in the fastest game in the world. He's entitled his opinion. Right. I didn't grudge didn't him to that. One month after the season started, he had this press conference, uh, and I went across Canada, and I was the blackest day in hockey. <laughs> he came on, he rode across Canada again. And said, Ted Lindsay proved he was a pretty a great athlete. A great man, because he proved me wrong. Is capable of playing in the National Hockey League at age 39.
0: Right. Well, yeah. I, I mean, back then, you know, this this league back then, when you're talking just six teams, I. Yeah, um, one of my interns at a radio station was uh, Johnny Bauer III, was Johnny Bauer's grandson. Oh. And he would tell me that Johnny Bauer was pract- It was in his 30s when he finally made the National Hockey League. I mean, the competition yeah. was fierce yeah. back then. I mean, yeah. we're talking, you know, six teams, not many jobs. I mean, the competition, as I said, I mean, this was, you know, Ken Holland likes to refer to the NHL as the men's league, but it was really a men's league in the original six days. It was, days. Uh, it was uh, yeah you know uh ted we can jump around and talk about it but you know i i, I know that you know we, we lost uh, gordy uh, uh, this year but but that line the things that you had to go through the whole thing with toronto and you know the life threatening stuff i mean you you had a very very colorful career for a man when you look at it looks as you know as Fatherly as, as as any as any individual can look. Yet when you were on the ice, it was all business. I was a little, I hated losing. There's only one reason to be there, and that was to
1: win. And I, whenever I, some nights I had some great nights. Some nights I, <coughs> excuse me. Some nights I had bad nights. But I guess I was human. But I always loved that feeling, because. If you kept having good nights, good nights, you start to believe you were pretty good. Right. And you get a big head, and then you have a
0: bad night. What well, it brings you back down to earth. Right. It makes you realize you're human. You uh, uh, but when you look back and you in, in everything that happened, one thing that I didn't realize—I mean, I had heard it, but you know—is that you were the first player in National Hockey League history to lift the Stanley Cup over your head, but you weren't doing that as a show of, hey, look what I have. You did it because you wanted to uh, pay yeah. homage to the fans. To the
1: fans. And what it was, <coughs> back in those days, again, Art, there was nothing on, there were the high glasses nowadays. Right. So your younger fans, they are listening, or from where the referee's dots are for the faces, opposite, to the right of each goaltender, the visiting goaltender, the home goaltender, all the way down the ice. The elbow. The fans used to sit with their elbows on the boards. When the fans would come, puck would come by. Or the players would come by. The fans would take their elbows off, move back. Then, whenever the play went by, they would put their elbows back on. <laughs> then when the play would be in the corner, to the right and left of each goaltender, visiting at home. They they'd have their head out there and. To see what was happening in the corner.
0: So there was the only place, and it was chicken wire, right? It was behind, like it was just behind the nets,
1: and it ended right up where the face-off dots were, right in the big circle, right for the right and left of each goaler, the home goaltender, and the visiting goaltender, right. So you, uh, just impulsive. I mean, you, you well, did so not. sitting have... so saw all It's always fun. I said, Clarence Campbell had just put it you know, all these people with their elbows. So I just went over and I picked it up and I took it over and everybody said, let me see, them. I want to see this name. She was like, oh, there's they're so-and-so, there's so-and-so there. So and then I just continued on around the ice. Even when I got to the screen, I got, did it all the way around. I didn't start any tradition. Mm-hmm. I was doing, I was taking care of my fans to let them get a chance, a close look at the Stanley Cup.
0: Well, you know, and, you know, you, you may not have it you didn't intentionally start a tradition, but from here on out, yeah, I mean, you well, know. I,
1: that's where all was, they always R- said, well, Ted Lindsay started this. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> I was showing it to my fans, because I loved my fans. The fans paid my salary. Not Mr. Norris didn't pay my salary. The people who were sitting in the seats at Olympia. Right. They paid my salary.
0: Well, that's. That's a great story. I mean, it's, it's it, it, it it's you know, and yeah, I think back to uh, you know who knows if you don't do that, we don't have another iconic Red Wing picture. Of, you know, I, the, the the first picture, Red Wing picture, it's blaze in my mind is that production line picture of the three of you, uh, you know, with the you know looking down at the puck. I mean that, but the picture of Steve and his little daughter. With their hands up in the air and him holding the cup up, uh, uh, you know who knows. Maybe if, uh, by impulse, when you said I've got to give this to the people, I mean, you know, a a lot of different things, and we can jump all over and and talk to you. And I know we're actually running out of time. I said I wouldn't keep you that long. And uh, you can keep me as long as you want. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I I, and I will, Ted. No, uh, but the players' award is named after you. That, that's a real great honor. Right, and I would imagine that that's <laughs> got to be
1: nothing against you in the press. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. But
1: to me, the Hart Trophy, or any trophies, when you vote, it's voted on by the players. They know who the best in the league is. Right. And they they don't they play against them all the time. It's not politics or anything else like that. It's honest honest votes from the players.
0: And it's the Ted Lindsay Award. Yes. And uh, it used to be, before they named it after you, before they came to their sense, it was the, was, was it the Patrick Award? Or Pearson Award? Yeah, it was Pearson. the Pearson Award. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting up there too, Ted. Sometimes my mind... <laughs> my well, mind, there's so of, many trophies. Right, there. yeah, there definitely is. And uh, but the But they name it after you... Uh, you know, each year when you can make it to the award ceremony. Now it's in Vegas. It used to be in Toronto, which I would go to when it was in Toronto. Uh, but uh, you know, each player that wins that award, almost the first thing out of their mouth is paying tribute and testament to you. And well, you know that, and that's got to be that, great.
1: Those kind of words too, because I was very grateful to have the honor to have my name put on that trophy. And I appreciate it very much. Every every year I get resurrected <laughs> on my trophies presented.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I guess it reaches a point in all our lives where after, you know, Ted Lindsay, he's still around? Oh, you haven't I mean, kidding me. And there he is. Every year you come up with him. <laughs> so the, far. Yeah, <laughs> right there, well, you know, I, it's not going to end any time soon if I have a, any say in it. Uh, This year's Red Wings. Last year, did not make the playoffs in 25 years. I know you still follow the game. They're going through a little bit of a transitional period right now. But the state of hockey in itself. I mean, when you were, did you ever think that there would be a team in Arizona or a team in Florida or all these teams in California?
1: I do believe very strongly that Arizona's team will draw an awful lot of people. There's what greater place in the world has more tours that come from all over the world
0: right. than Vegas. Right, right.
1: And we like to gamble, and so hockey, the people get a double dip here. they be able to go to the leading gambling place in the world. Right, right. Also, go to the, watch the greatest game in the world, hockey. So it'll be a natural place. It'll be, be interesting to see how many out of city, out of country, People are in different games every year, every week.
0: You're uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest left wing in the history of uh, the National Hockey League. We all know that. But if Ted Lindsey were to play in today's game, would you have lived in the penalty box? Or would you uh, have thrived the way the game is called today?
1: I don't think my style would change. I, you know... The guys recognize what I did as much as I was in the penalty box. I don't say it bragging either, but my results always proved. We won the league championship eight years in a row. Should have won eight Stanley Cups in a row because Jack Adams made sure that didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, that by stupid management. Right. He's not here to defend himself. So. I can't talk about that anymore.
0: Right. You know, I, well, I shake my head when I think about it, too, because I, I know that the Red Wings should at least have the second most Cups in National Hockey League history. You've got the third uh, third most. Toronto has like 14 or something, and the Red Wings have 11. Yet, you know, I look at it, and I, I just think to myself, you know, okay, so Red Wings have more than any other American franchise, NHL franchise. But... I, I yeah I I can't get I don't want to get started on Jack Adams either uh, I should write a book about it because it's it's probably a fascinating story but when we look at the, the state of the game do you like where the game is at right now are you are you, you kind of just you know I told people I was talking to Ted Lindsay today and they said make sure to ask him is he disappointed that the National Hockey League isn't going to the Olympics and I said. Okay, I'll ask him, but I don't, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of a bit, I, I can see both ends, why you would want to play for your country, and why owners might be hesitant to well, send their players That's there. a
1: stretch when you say play for your country. Right. Because how, how many guys on the team are all from American or all Canadians or wherever you're playing from, you know? Yeah, right, right. There's such, such a mixture. Right. Now, in our time, you're either from Canada or the United States. Right. There were no Europeans.
0: Right, right.
1: And the very few Americans, they were, they were from Minnesota because they have Canadian weather there right. nine months of the year.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Minnesota might as well be another uh, yeah. province or something. Right, uh, right. Yeah, it's, it's it's very much that way. Uh, Ted, uh, let's get back the, to the golf outing. It's uh, on September uh, September 11th on Monday. Uh, and Monday after Labor Day. Right, the Monday after Labor Day, and I can't believe Labor Day is a week from this coming Monday. So, uh, is that uh, close?
1: Holy smokes! I yeah, bet.
0: it is. Yeah, I mean I'm it's getting old in a hurry. Yes, I'll, I'll tell you, it's uh, at the the Detroit Country Club, a new outing. Uh, Big raffle, $99 a ticket. You have uh, the opportunity to walk away with a Chrysler 300. Uh, again, uh, call uh, uh, Lou at 248-202-6194 or Don Fitcher at 248-755-8026. Uh, well, Lou Le Pew, I guess. Yeah, yeah. or go to the website, obviously, too. The uh, uh, Ted Lindsay Foundation uh, Celebrity Golf Outing. It's right there. Uh, and uh, it's all the information. They have all kinds of great packages. If I were going to go here, well, first of all, just because I'm a decent person, I just plucked down the uh, corporate golf package for forty-five hundred bucks. But I would only go to the dinner and the cocktails because being me out on a golf course would be a horror show. But uh, uh, Ted, it, it's a great, it's a, it's a great cause. You're a great man, you know.
1: And I'd, I'd like to give, give one more plug-in. Sure, in please do. For Dick Scott. Yes. Dick Scott gives us that car, free and clear, not even, we don't give him pay, one penny. And that all the money goes, that we make, goes to autism and autism research.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, you know obviously a great cause. You know, not only do you obviously support your own foundation, you're out here today signing autographs for hour upon hour here at the Joey Koser, uh, uh Celebrity Softball Tournament. And uh, again, if it wasn't for you, this tournament, this foundation probably wouldn't exist, which is, again, uh, a testament to not only, uh, you know, to, to your foundation, Joy, but to Joy's you. is
1: one of the finest athletes ever performed in the state of Michigan.
0: I second that. Certainly, uh, Ted. Again, it's a pleasure having you here. Uh, thank you for being on the Red and White Authority. We'll have thank, you on thank again. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I just appreciate it so much. And uh, uh, best of luck and anything we can do for the foundation. You know, we're only a phone call away. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thank you.